listening to The Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine or even a cosmopolitan and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys are watching and re-watching their way through Sex and the City. I'm Corey Cavan. I'm Kevin Doyle. And uh, today we have we have replaced John with two people. We've we've uh, we've we've replaced John with an entire other podcast. Right, <laughs> yeah, Kevin? yeah, that's what happens when that's you happens, have a kid John. and a wife. Get ready because we're bringing in another pod to take your yeah, place. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, bud. Uh, today we have our friends from Beyond the Blinds, Troy McEady and Kelly Williams. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, we uh, tell tell us tell the listeners a little bit. We we found out about your like we know about your podcast because Kevin's sister is a huge fan, and then we started listening. We we started listening, and it it is like right up the alley of a lot of the things that that we talk about weirdly in terms of like television and things happening in television. But tell mm. us a little bit uh, about the podcast uh, for those who don't know. Well, each week we pick, we do two episodes a week, one for our Patreon and one publicly. Okay. And each week we pick a celebrity. We go as far back as we can in their blind items if you know what a blind item is, and we read all of them. We read 20 years worth of blind items every week. Wow. Yeah. So tell me, for those who don't know what a blind item is, tell me what a blind item is. It's like an anonymous piece of celebrity gossip submitted okay. to this crazy website, and it's um, put out in riddles. So you need to figure out who the celebrity is by the hints that are given to you. And mostly it's by crazy days and nights. Um, and he goes by NT lawyer, but there's also blind gossip, which I really like. And like Laney gossip, there's a bunch of different sites for it. Okay. I was going to say when you had said it was on this one website, it felt very much like a gossip girl situation. Like there was just a like XOXO.com website that <laughs> all the blind items were on and you were just like 20 years worth of blind items right yeah, here. Yeah. 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 Um, That's great. It's like, yeah, it's like 4chan, but fun, but for like fun <laughs> gossip. Yeah. <Exactly. laughs> fun it's sometimes. A, sometimes we're like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that you, I'm sure you find some like insane stuff. How did y'all start doing the, the podcast? Like, especially, specifically for blind items. Basically, Troy and I, I had Troy on the podcast I used to have called Nostalgia and Now, and okay. it was right after Free Britney happened, Troy came on, and then we just started talking through text probably about blind items, and one night I got drunk and called Troy and pitched this idea, and he said yes, and then we recorded like the next day or two days later. Wow. Nice. And the rest of history. <laughs> what, nice. Was your, what was your very first episode? What's like it the was first an introduction? Thing just, okay, introduction to yeah. blind items. We talked a okay. lot about Hayden Penetier in our first episode. I mean, oh, really? it was like loosely based on her, but like it wasn't officially about her. It just kind of became about her. Okay. So I, are you ever reading stuff that like you don't know? Who, you have to figure out who it's about, or it's kind of obvious like who it's about. The unique thing about our show is that we only read blind items that have been revealed. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we don't do like the riddles and then have people try and figure it out. We read blind items that are like tw- like 15, 10 years old. They've been revealed for a long time. And there's usually like a streamlined story because they are yeah. so old that if, okay. you, you know, you can read a story that like develops over time, you know? Yeah. So what I, cause what's interesting is if you, if, if there are blind items that people don't know that, that have not been revealed, mm-hmm. who is putting like going back to the gossip girl thing I was saying, who is putting out blind items that are like, okay, I've got this bit of gossip, but I won't say who is that like a legal thing and which is just why people wouldn't say it for libel or something or why are people making blind items in the first place? Do you know? I think it's a lot of the time it's legal. It's like people yeah. that work with people or people that are like directly in someone's circle. Okay. And it would be really obvious. You know, sometimes information is so uh, specific that it would be very obvious that it's like a housekeeper or something that only was privy to it. Um, gotcha. But yeah, and then a lot of time, like as far as the reveals go, there are people that we talk about every week, like Harvey Weinstein is a good example of somebody who like, you know, so many people were releasing blind items about him for so long. And then when he got exposed, it was really blind items that helped fill in the blanks as to what he was doing. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I was just going to say that it's like with the power of the internet, but it is like, um, it's a weird like power switch before all this would have gone through like people magazine and, and us and, and, even like I look on, um, what's the Instagram, uh, do, do moi, is that what it is? <laughs> when I first saw that for the first, first of all, I'm like, I run our Bradshaw boys Instagram and I'm like, I'm like, it's, it can become a full-time job sometimes. <laughs> and I'm just like, I see accounts like that. And I'm like, you guys are so good. Like this is better <laughs> journalism than I've seen on like major networks and it's entertaining and it's, you know, um, yeah. but it, it kind of shows you how like flattening like one little account can then or this podcast or whatever can you know so much about such hugely powerful people and then it can just spread all that information can spread so quickly. So it's like a weird like power switch um, because I don't know. No one knew anything about like Cary Grant. It was like, right. oh, he mm-hmm. I don't know, banged a hooker once or something. But then you wouldn't know that until like 20 years after he died or something. Once, listen, let me, <laughs> I got a little blind item for you. More than one. Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. as far back as us just like being young, like on my other podcast, Dunzo, I, I talk a lot about like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And even just as far back as then, like you'd have to, if a celebrity had like a scandal or something major happen, they would have to find a publication to make a statement through, or they'd have to like wait a couple days to like, call MTV and then call into a show and have a two minute segment where they get to explain what happened. Like it was so such a slow news mm-hmm. source. There was mm-hmm. a lot of space for celebrities to like cover things up. Totally. Whereas now things happen so fast. There's like not really that wiggle room anymore. Well, like there was one that Kevin and I were talking about last week and it, and I was surprised at how big it got and then how quickly it went away it was the the james corden omelet thing with uh balthazar where like kevin sent it to me and um and like we both i I, 
know a lot of people that work in restaurants. I have like worked in food media. So it was like interesting to, and like Keith McNally is definitely like a, a firebrand of a person in the restaurant world. And, uh, but it was when Kevin sent it to me, it, it was literally like, and you an worked a- in two late night shows too. So it's and kind I worked of on two late night shows. It's too, kind it's of true. like right up your alley. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I worked on three late night shows. And you love item. eggs. I worked on three. You're, and I make a huge, huge omelet too. So I'm it's a like a big omelet fan. Big omelet fan. Um, I'm also secretly British and a huge bitch. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, no. <laughs> Roll the titles. Um, uh, but no, like it was crazy to me how that happened. That wasn't really a blind item. That was more just like Keith McNally being like, I have these logs of James Corden. And then it went out and then the next day it was in every news publication. And then it was rescinded where Keith McNally was like, just kidding. James Corden called me. We're all good. He's allowed back in my restaurants. And it's it's not a blind item, but it is the power of the Internet to like you said, like back in the day, that would have been something that would have been on like extra or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, entertainment tonight that story would have developed. Maybe it would have gotten on air that night, but maybe it would have gotten on air the next night. And then it might've made it to the late night news cycle. Like it would have been a slow building thing. And then for it to get squashed, it would take even more days, but this was like a, like a flare and then done. And now it's like, Oh, things move so fast now with that, that it's like, it's, it's kind of, kind of over with now. Well, the thing with James Corden, I think we're all waiting for his Ellen moment. He's a like yeah. an alleged real monster all the time. So we're all really? just ready for him to be taken down. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ironic that you used him as the example because he is a blind. Like that was a great example because he's a blind item person. Really? Like, in blind items, he's been talked about as being a mean bully to his employees and to his staff for years. Wow. And like. It's funny when you read blind items a lot and then stories like that happen, like Kelly and I are like connecting dots, you know, whereas other people are like, oh, he's mean. So it's like this weird mm. world that now we live in. We yeah. really this ruined entertainment for ourselves, really. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, totally. Well, there is a weird thing. There is a there. It does seem like there is a weird, almost like a justice that you're talking about that can happen where there are these blind items that just seem like gossip and they are gossip. But then through them, it can be like, like you said, the Harvey Weinstein thing. It's like in in the in the aftermath, you see that these things that people were talking about where they were too scared to talk about someone because they were powerful. So we're yeah. slowly being leaked out. And then that changes an entire industry. And in the wake of it, like people were being harmed, you know, through right. it. And um, uh, and it can be something like that or it can be, you know, something where it's like, Oh, this person is a real pain to wait on at a restaurant. You know, it's right. like it can be as small as that. Yeah, I see. Uh, on my on my birthday, you guys did um, you did one of my favorite uh, dramas from growing up, which was John and Kate plus eight. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to say that. <laughs> I know, I know, because I was pulling up your past episodes, and that came out on uh, October thirteenth, which was my my birthday. Happy birthday, Kevin. Thank you. It's belated out, but I thank you for that gift because I actually loved, (laughs) I loved my, I remember when John and Kate came out, I would, my sisters and everything would watch it. And I'm like, dude, that, that guy fucking hates his wife. 
And you could just see it. And they're like, no, they have a perfect family. And I'm like, I just saw his eyes. I was like, this motherfucker does not want to be on TV. And he hates his wife. And he's had one of the, I like, that was such early reality television. It wasn't that early, but it was early enough, like the curated shit. And if you, I just remember being like, that dude is not happy. And sure enough, like they're, everything imploded and now he has quite the hairline, but, um, (laughs) that, uh, that just seems like, was there any fun blind items there? I feel like that'd be a fun one to go peruse. (laughs) I think two of my favorites from there, they're both about John being one was at like a Super Bowl party. The other was like a Maxim party. And the first one, he was trying to hook up with Kim Kardashian and didn't understand why she wouldn't. And then the second one was the second one was him trying to hook up with Alyssa Milano. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was like, you should listen to that episode. You'll you'll I, like it. It was fun. And oh, Troy man. has met the Kate Gosselin and he tells the story, so it's a good one. Wow. Man. Wow. Well, so obviously, okay, this is one little theory I have. Uh, and then I want to get into some sex in the city stuff. But it kind of goes along with that because one of the things we talk about with Sex in the City is like as much as it is like just a good TV show, it's kind of TV became the language with which people talk about relationships. Um, and so it's the same thing as it's just like people used to use move like movies or the king and the queen and like the 1500s or whatever. And now I'm kind of realizing just through like the internet, like all of these stories, these are like our modern day. It's like, it's like the way that like celebrities are like Kings and Queens. Cause all of these stories, it's like, we know the characters, we know all the stuff. And then this is like what everybody uses to just communicate about humanity. If that makes sense. Like all of these like secrets, like what are these people really like? But instead of kings and queens, we have like celebrities, which I think I've heard people kind of talk about that before. But just running through your episodes, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is like the power of celebrity. I don't even watch most of these shows. And I know every single episode and every single person in every episode. I know Hillary Duff. I know the shows she's been on. I know everything about Ben Affleck. Like, I know all of that stuff just from living in the culture, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, interesting always- to have like a your podcast, like go behind all that stuff and humanize them in a way and like, know like what they're really like, even if humanizing means like you find out they're a monster. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which is usually the case. Yeah. I always see that Hollywood is our actual government. And then the government (laughs) is like our pseudo government, but our real, (laughs) you know, like our real powerhouse government is like Hollywood, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm yeah. totally I, I could not agree more with that. John and John and Kate are our president and our <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and our oh, vice yeah. president. The she, plus eight are the Supreme Court. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on, you know, where they land on the court, what what's gonna happen. Yeah. So so uh which one of you started watching Sex in the City and then and what's your what what are your relationships to both of the show? Like when you came across it and when um, even if you didn't watch it until recently, like what did you know about it? What made you want to start watching it? 
Um, I can go first. I just yeah. started watching it maybe like two months ago. Is that right, Troy? Probably just yeah, about probably. two months ago. And it's okay. been a slow burn because the first and second season was really rough for me to get through. Hmm. I was kind of like, this is the show everyone wants me to watch. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but then season three started. I was like, OK, now I'm in it. But I always yeah. knew it was iconic. I mean, I went and saw the movies with my friends just because I didn't want to miss out on that. I mm. really didn't know anything about the characters. I knew Samantha probably the most out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, excuse me, I know everybody loves like Carrie's fashion and everything, but for me, it was always like Samantha's like the one on the show. Right. That's what I always heard. Um, so yeah, I am almost done with season four and I'm glad I finally like get the jokes. <laughs> I'm like in on the jokes finally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like the jokes of like the world around you of people talking about sex in the city. Yeah, because people would yeah. be like, oh, you're such a Miranda. And I'd be like, for sure. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you're like, I yeah, that that was some funky spunk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you gotten to funky spunk yet? I have. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is. I mean, that's the thing that we've talked about. We talked about this in a recent episode where someone was like, what is it? that that we got from the show and i think the one thing that we got from it was we didn't expect to like it as much and then we actually like got into the show and the writing but the other thing was that you're in on the in jokes of society that people have talked about for years and it is it's like like it or not it it is a there is a cultural lexicon that you get welcomed into that has Mm kind of had this rebirth where now you know those things like you you understand when people, you know, they're like, oh, I was really I, I, I'm really being a Charlotte right now. Like you understand all that. Yeah. Or just like hundreds of girls would just say, hey, Kevin, I'm sorry, I can't. Don't hate me. And I was like, and now I've seen the show and I'm like, oh, it was just a bit. It was a funny bit that they were breaking <laughs> yeah, up with me away. that way. Oh, yeah. yeah that's all oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 What about you, Troy? Have you have you have you watched? Have you started? Have you watched the whole show? Um, so I started watching it in middle school um, inappropriately. Nice. Uh, <laughs> my friends and I would watch it and just felt I mean, I truly I've never felt more like an adult, you know, lady living in New York, chain smoking and like having like I felt like a, an adult. Nice. <laughs> grown ass woman that had lived a full life in New York City. Like, you know what I mean? I just felt yeah. like it made me feel so mature. And um as a young person, I remember the thing that I related to the most, and I still even feel this now when I watch it, was I always found it really interesting that in that core group of girls, there's like relationships inside the group. And mm-hmm. I always found that really relatable because I'd never seen that on TV before. And like I knew as a kid, like I have best friends, but I have like my best friend in this group and everybody in this group mm-hmm. knows that that's my real best friend. And like, mm-hmm. you know, and I always felt like Miranda and Carrie were like actual best friends. Yeah. Whereas everybody else was like, they knew that Carrie was their best friend, but maybe not vice versa. And that was fine. And right. I just always thought that was really interesting. Like that was my takeaway as like a young person, you know? Mm. Yeah, it is. There's a scene, I think it's in season two. There's a scene where uh, Carrie needs to go. It's either Carrie or Miranda. One of them is like, I need to go talk to someone and you think they're going to go, uh, you think they're going to go talk to either 
a boyfriend or you think they're going to go like talk to like a doctor or something and then they get to this diner and it's the other one it's like mm. i think it's i think it's uh carrie going to meet miranda mm-hmm. and um and yeah it's like there is a thing where it, kevin and i've always talked about it like how i guess the opposite thing would be in seinfeld like um elaine and george never hang out and like yeah. you realize like there there's relationships in the group that like jerry and george are always together you know yeah and yeah. And there's definitely a thing where you see that. And I think you actually do see in Sex in the City that it changes somewhat on I, I like a take that we kind of came up with. Uh, I don't know if we like came up with it, but like we had always said, like, Samantha is the best friend. And so many mm-hmm. people are like, Samantha's not a good friend. And then you start to go through and you start to see the ways that she really kind of sticks up for a lot of the others. And you yeah. start to see her. She is kind of an island and on her own, but then she will have closer relationships with like there's a couple great scenes with her mm. and Carrie. It might be in the movie, but yeah, there's just, just supportive and like no matter what people are going through, she's the one that's going to be there for you. Totally. Yeah. yeah. No judgment. No like. Um, yeah. And very loyal. Um, the. Uh, so have you are you watching the new show? Uh, uh, (laughs) um the new one i'm not so i have a really weird relationship with the new one because i just feel like the second movie was already so painful for me i'm just kidding (laughs) that's like what i'm I'm trying to say like it's bad and i don't want it to be the the like most recent taste in my mouth i hate that yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i i actually think i'm actually because they're filming um season two right now yeah. And I have a theory because I'm a I'm an optimist at heart. I'm a full optimist. And I just feel like that there was no way to there's no way to like start this thing. Cause before they even announced it, we're like, if they did a third movie, it would be a mistake. It's gonna be tough. Sex mm-hmm. in the City 2 is like I think like it's on a lot of short lists for like one of the worst films of all time. Like, yeah. Um, and uh, I, you know, when we watch it, there's definitely some like jaw dropping moments where I'm like, this is it's insane to watch a hundred million dollars get spent in that particular yeah. way. It's just yeah. pretty incredible. And we um, say that as fans. <clears throat> right. We say that as fans. Like, yeah, I, totally. I mean. I truly one of the funniest things that I've ever seen because it's like same with like cats like I saw cats first day it came out with my sister who's a huge fan of your podcast <laughs> and um, we we just like got some drinks w- snuck them into the movie theater and watched cats and had the greatest time of our lives like I was early on to the this is going to be awesome and it and it was and just watching Taylor Swift and freaking Madam whatever her name is. Her name is Dame Judy Dench. Let's Dame, put some I said madam. <laughs> madam. <laughs> madam. She's, she's like, I, I think you were talking Oscars about, and I'm just like, isn't she own a brothel or something? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I believe Kevin, you were speaking of Madam Idris Elba. I think, yeah. that's who were, I think that's who you were trying to recall there. Madam Idris Elba. Yeah. Anyway. Well, watching s- that same feeling of watching it and just enjoying so much money be, be put to this. Watching the girls from Sex and the City doing like Three Stooges bits in burkas, <laughs> I was just like, "This is just knowing it went to an editor and know it like script 
they had to direct it on set, all the stuff, and just be like, wow, it's it's just incredible to to watch something like this miss the mark. So all that to say, once the new one came out, I knew they were gonna it was gonna be rough. There were some parts that were way rougher. I do have a theory that they've worked the kinks out and they spewed out what they needed to, and that this next season is going to be really good. I could be yeah. wrong. That's that is my that's my prediction for season two, though. That they're it's going to bring the pain. We'll see. I'm I'm very interested and curious to see with season two that uh, a, a casting was just announced that Tony Danza is supposed to play Chady as his dad. Um, and I don't know if it's playing Che Diaz's father in the real world of the, just like that show, or if it's in whatever sitcom that Che Diaz got that Che Diaz moved out to LA for. But I think they're, we're just in such a weird place in entertainment now Mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah, Tony Danz is in there. Like, let's throw him in. I mean, Tony Danz has been, I guess he was in, um, that movie's Don boss. John. He was in Who's the Boss? Yeah, yeah. That's what. That's what he was. In. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but like, but I like he's been in other things in the past. You know, however many like recent years. But yeah, I don't know. I, I it will be interesting to see. But there is a weird thing to to. Uh, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I it, it, him being in it gives me. It does give me more hope. I'm like, yeah, throw Tony Danza in there. Love Tony Danza. Yeah, I guess I just feel like the the reception was so viral, yes. <clears throat> like it was so poorly received, and it was so it was such an internet moment that it was bad. I feel like they really have no choice but to like. It's like one of the rare cases where it's like you basically have no choice but to listen to the reception of the public and like tinker it, mm-hmm. you know, to fit what people have been saying. Because I feel like across the board, people had pretty much the same, um like issues with it so i'm gonna wait until the second season happens and i hope that it'll be good and it'll be easier for me to binge through when i Mm. know that i've got something good waiting for me what do you what do you think we did a bingo card with the last one and we actually it was like scary how many things we hit um but i feel like there's 100 going to be a scene with che diaz and tony danza in the in their tv show and it's going to be che having to explain like being non-binary to tony dance and him being like hold on a second yeah Uh, when you came up you were a girl and you're telling me you're neither now it's like i just know it it's gonna be on i i sort of disagree i think that it's going to be a scene like that but it's going to be about che diaz and tony danza swapping wife beaters <laughs> I think it's more gonna be. It's like, hey, wait! I guess you can wear my wife beater now. Can we call <laughs> it a wife beater <laughs> anymore? Hey, yeah. Dad, we don't call them that. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Kelly, what? Uh, so, uh, you're you're in season four. You're in peak. You're in peak. You're SATC living in the golden right years now. right now. Yeah, it's gonna really the are. dark night of the souls coming upon you with season yeah. five. But that's all Troy. right. It, yeah, Troy was. Yeah, yeah. It's you were saying you better enjoy it. Things do shift a little bit in season five for sure. Yeah. Um. What are your watching it now after all the build up, all the feelings you said for season one and two? But like, where are the parts you're connecting with the most with season three and four? And 
where do you feel like, not just for you, but being like a pop culture uh, connoisseur, like how do you feel like it compares to, just like how are your feelings on it? How are you enjoying it? What are your favorite parts? And maybe the parts that you're like, eh. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I really love seeing like the female friendship and how they'll fight one day and then call each other and be like, hey, that was kind of stupid. You know, I really like that aspect. And I agree with what Troy said earlier. In friend groups, there's always closer people. But I think they're all Carrie's friends at the end of the day. Like, I don't really see Samantha and Charlotte hanging out. My least favorite right now is Trey, Charlotte's husband. Um, I hate him. (laughs) Honey McDougal will like to have a word with you after the Exactly. (laughs) I also just don't like Charlotte. A lot of people said she was going to grow on me. And I'm like, when? Because Mm -hmm. she drives me crazy. I get what her character is supposed to be. I would not have that character in my life. (laughs) Um. But yeah, I like Aiden, but I don't like Aiden for Carrie. I mm. hate Mr. Big. Um, mm. Samantha's my favorite. Who's I'm your guy? Are you, do you like Richard? Who Who are you going out with? If you want someone to pull up and say, Kelly, hop in. We're going on a date. <laughs> Who's that for you? Samantha. <laughs> well, okay, that makes sense. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, like... Samantha's incredible. I think Samantha's the best part of the whole show. And a lot of people said I would like really dislike Carrie by this point. And like she annoys me with some stuff like when she invited Big up to Aiden's like country home. Mm, Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? Dumb bitch drink. Are you drinking? I know you said you're positive. I'm sorry. Can I still swear? I'm sorry. (laughs) That's okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. You can can talk about the We had a whole season where John was very anti carry. And so like we. Yeah, we can talk about the we can talk about the character flaws of the characters. For for sure. sure. I would say like that. That was insane. That's like that was crazy. What are you doing? Yeah, we just watched that one. Like if someone I was dating cheated on me and then she was like, oh, come, can I bring her up? I'd be like, absolutely not. No. And she made Aiden seem bad for saying no. Yeah. 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 And I'm I have like a big thing with teeth. Like I have the classic dream of like my teeth falling out and like I'm always I brush my teeth probably too much and all that stuff. So when if somebody fucks my husband and then knocks my teeth out unforgivable that's like i think about that all the time i have nightmares of like falling and busting my front teeth and i'm like you did that because you were like there's so much wreckage that she has caused through her infidelity that it's like maybe if it's an ex it's one thing but not this one person that messed up so many people's lives around her and she's like what we're friends we just can't stop talking it's like, what is yeah. wrong with you? Yeah, just very, stop. Just don't talk. Totally. Yeah. There's a very weird moment in one of those episodes where she goes upstate uh, with Aiden where she's upstate with him. And then the next scene, she's at dinner with Big. And it's when he tells her that he's dating that actress. Yes. So strange to just be like, I'm sorry. You're ha- you guys are just having a casual dinner after like all of this has gone on. It's. And it's not even like it's been like, this is 10 years ago. This is my college boyfriend. It is it is very recent. Yeah. It's like I cheated on you with this man and I'm going (laughs) to continue to emotionally cheat on you, but not physically. Absolutely. And then he's going to come stay. He's going to stay on the couch. 
Yeah. What's that? Make an argument. For yeah, absolutely. Because I've heard enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Get it. Get it, Troy. Okay. So I am very big on uh, Sex in the City TikTok right now. Like I'm re- really, it's like really taking over my algorithm, right? Oh, wow. And I find that a lot of younger people that are rewatching the show, they fucking hate Carrie. Like they don't understand the connection that people had to her back in the day. They find her to be like an unreliable narrator because she lies and she cheats and she's not a good fiance or whatever. And I feel like to me, especially during the time that this show was on, like if you think about like it's like Sex in the City and like the Sopranos, right? We're like neck and neck. And to me, Carrie Bradshaw is just like, a lower tier like anti-hero mm-hmm. like yeah. she fucks shit up and that's the point like she's not a good girlfriend she's not a good fiance she's not like even really that good of a friend she's a bad employee she's not good with money you know what i mean like she's selfish yeah. she's self-absorbed and i think that she's supposed to be i feel like that's the thing that makes her almost more the most relatable yeah. Is that she fucks up all the same stuff that we do, you know? You know, there's an article that we have talked about on the podcast before. It's by Emily Nussbaum, who is a, she's a writer the for New Yorker. The New Yorker. She's a TV critic. And she wrote a, the article might be called something like Carrie Bradshaw is an antihero, but it's basically talking about when Sex and the City came out, The Sopranos had also come out. And we were starting to look at these shows where we were doing like character studies, you know, of yeah. of main characters and talks about like Tony Soprano. It's the first time you're seeing this guy who's a mobster who also goes to therapy. She's like, and then we get Carrie Bradshaw, who on the surface, you're supposed to see like, oh, she's glamorous. She writes for she writes the sex column. She has, you know, all these shoes. But then she was like. If you like, like you just said, if you really look at the the whole arc of the show, she is just wrecking things all the time. And maybe (laughs) that's supposed to be kind of relatable in a way where it's like we're just sort of following the misadventures of this person who really kind of sucks and has all the flaws that you have and more. And um, it's it's maybe not supposed to be a thing where you're supposed to find it glamorous, but it's supposed to be a study of like she is uh not not a good friend not a good not a good girlfriend yeah yeah i think uh there's a lot of um there's a an essay that i read that was it was actually about like theater it wasn't about tv and stuff but it's the same thing and it was like um getting like lectured to like audiences know that all of a sudden even if they don't know it in their heads like they know that if something becomes like moralizing or like teaching you that like Mm -hmm. it all of a sudden you're like in a classroom rather than in the theater which you're supposed to have drama and i think that that's one of the thing i was like the first thing i related to was sex in the city because that's like oddly enough become the show that i've watched more than any tv show now i thought it used to be the sopranos and then when we started this i was like wow i know way more about the show than i thought i would but (laughs) there are so many people that we've interviewed and like coming at it from a a perspective of an outsider and then watching the show it's like yeah one of the most fun things to do when you're watching tv is is like yell at it and be like what the fuck are you doing and yeah in order to do that you have to do some fucked up shit or else it's just 
I don't know. It's not fun to. It wouldn't be fun for her to turn to the camera and be like, "It's really great to be faithful to every boyfriend you're with," and then it's just them <laughs> on a bunch of nice dates. You know, it's like. Um, and I do think like it's challenge. I don't mean to be like these this TikTok generation because I think they're very smart in their own ways. But I do know the younger generation sometimes can have a a hard like not everything needs to, in my opinion, needs to be like reassessed to be like, hold on, you did it wrong. It's like, no, you didn't. People sat around on Sunday nights and got to see some princess in shoes, have their dream job in a dream city and fuck a bunch of people. And there's some uh, emotional wreckage that happens in its pathway. That's what TV used to be. And it was awesome, you know? And I think what's funny is like when I was starting to watch it, everyone kept being like, it doesn't age well. It doesn't age well. I'm like, it was filmed in 98. I don't assume it ages well. Like I have an Instagram about Laguna Beach that Mm -hmm. hasn't aged well. And that was from like 2004. Yeah. Yeah. No way do I think Sex in the City is going to be like some politically correct show for 2022. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I guess the real question is what's, what's in just like that going to look like in the year 3020, you know, like, is it, <laughs> is it going to age well in a in hundred years? Who knows? Who really knows? In 3020, that's a thousand. <laughs> no, in, in a thousand years. Sorry. I'm a real futurist here. I'm the Elon Musk of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is a math podcast. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I want you to, uh, we, you need to explain to us, I, I understand kind of what a blind item is. And I we're trepidatious with it because it is, you know, right. it kind of sucks that like, well, actually, it's interesting because all of like it's learning about society and the way we view everything, because we feel so connected to these people. And they're actually real people that like get paid to act on TV. And these are other people's words they wrote. But then I feel like it's one of the most interesting studies in uh, parasocial relationships which is a word that I heard a month ago and now I've, I'm use it all the time. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> it's a dick. But, yeah. But it does clearly articulate a phenomenon that is like, that is, that is a made up person. That is not Sarah Jessica Parker or whatever. So this whole crazy, it's gotta be one of the craziest things in modern media. The best f- friends of an entire generation, like end up getting in a real life cat fight. And, it affects all of this stuff. So did that show up in like some blind items on, on those sites and stuff? The whole like, yeah. So I, I found one from 2022. So it's a more recent one. Mm -hmm. So it says this three named dual threat, a list actress loved not having her former co-star there to steal scenes and get all the laughs. She liked being the biggest star in the reboot and acted like, and acted like it and wants no part of her longtime former co-star coming back. So that's Sarah Jessica Parker, Kim Cattrall, and just like that. Yeah. And that's post okay, so this is posted to a, a website. You explain the websites, right? And then obviously everyone and are people commenting below that? Yeah, so people are guessing, but Troy and I have this website that we can't reveal. Because everyone will be able to find all of our content. I love Um, that. So, so yeah, there's like a weird back-end website that Troy and I found that looks like it was built in 1992. And we sift through it that way. I fucking love you guys. This is, this is like, (laughs) this is like hardcore journalism. I got it. 
a few years ago, I got obsessed with um with uh, the Drake Pusha T rap beef. I don't know if you followed that. <laughs> But I I did so much. I ended up doing like a fake episode of the daily um, <laughs> at, about it to try and like and I, I worked harder on it than I've worked on like a lot of stuff. And it was like but it, I was like, I'm doing real journalism right now. And it was like I became a journalist and I was like, this is so dumb. But you guys are doing like so you're you're not just like clicking through the Internet. You have back end websites where you get in the real dirt. Listen, that- Diane Sawyer is quaking. She's terrified. <laughs> She's clinched to her business degrees. She, you know, and I'm not, I, I, I'm excited about it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. All right. Are there, are there any other ones you can take us through? Are there yeah. any with Chris Noth? Cause he got, and he, you would think there'd be some blind items with his drama. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me look really quick. Because I heard from, I could have posted a blind item, but I, I don't I don't have access to the dark web, um, <laughs> but I had a friend that told me I won't say the other person's name, but I have his eye out and he's like he said uh, like years three years ago, probably Chris Noth. He's like he's like, yeah, his, he was like he's an ass smacker. He's the guy that like would tip a waitress and then grab her and pull him sit on her knee and like smack her ass as she left. And. I just remember that because we wanted to get her on the podcast really bad and they had been in a film together. I was like, could you get us? He's like, ah, yeah, maybe I could. But like, he probably won't respond to me anyway. And we got in this conversation. I heard that and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I was like, do you think he's going to get like, like in big trouble? He's like, I I just wouldn't be surprised. He just like seems like a person who has some skeletons. And then sure enough, when it came down, I was like, that was weird knowing that information from a person and i just all remember he's like he was like a waitress ass ass slapper you know and i know the other actor uh that he was talking about they would do it together and i just have my eye i'm like i wonder if anything will ever come out but i won't name names yeah the only things i can find about chris is that um allegedly him and the actress who played charlotte hooked up um oh yeah allegedly and that's our that's favorite good drama, word. right? Did we know that? <laughs> I don't know if we knew that. No, I don't know if we knew that. I mean, I guess I would think if you think about what is you think about a show that was like 20 something years ago back then, like it's I don't think we knew that. But it's like that is like juicy gossip. And also like, oh, I bet I you could see, you know, yeah, some some celebrity showmances going on totally. for sure. The the only other ones are that him and Chris hated each uh Kim and Chris hated each other. Oh, oh wow. Really? Um, and that Sarah Jessica Parker was shocked about the information that came out about Chris. I do wow. know, I do know that. I I just remember there, you know, being like, oh, you know, I think when it when it actually happened, because just like that was already airing and it was just like, you know very sorry for everyone that was hurt no idea Mm -hmm. like incredibly like saddened and shocked at the news like that kind of thing yeah man i bet they were so right when that dropped they were just like oh my gosh thank god we killed him just just like i know i mean honestly i mean there's a a save it would have the show would have not it would have ended if if all of a sudden they're just like you know on a trip together and and like Bahrain for the rest of the season or something like I don't even know if they would have aired it um, can I ask you guys a question oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. are you um 
so I feel like everybody is either definitively like a big or an Aiden mm. fan. Mm-hmm. Are you guys big fans or Aiden fans? Who's you the know, one? We've talked about this on the pod a few times. Um, I'll, I'll say what I think Kevin would say, or we can answer for ourselves. Um, but I know what we've talked about before. I, um, I, I am a big person. I'm a Mr. Big person. I think um, we always talk about like Aiden has a, a giant head and I don't mean like figuratively. We mean like literally he has like a mm-hmm. massive very, head. Very literally. Yeah. Very literally like giant head. There's a great scene that I think you've probably already seen Kelly where like Aiden's parents come in town um, and they go and carry like finally musters up the courage to go out to uh, lunch with them. And mm-hmm. Aiden's wearing a snapback hat and it's on like the last thing that it can be snapped because <laughs> his head is so big. Um, we had, and like, we'd been talking about that before. We're like, look at him compared to. And then we we finally had evidence. It was like putting in a pencil next to next yeah. to like uh, for what's it called for uh, for reference of how big yeah. we finally yeah, were like. Yeah. Yeah, we're like, it's connected, oh, connected. You, yeah, you can yeah. imagine Patricia Field was like, this was the hardest item, this was the hardest wardrobe thing I had to do was find a hat that fit him. <laughs> She's like, but, there are no tasseled cowboy hats that fit. Right, yeah. exactly, exactly. But I I think um, if you're going off of like, if you're going off of um, character, uh, like Aiden is probably a better guy. And I think Aiden gets a much more raw deal. I mean, even just his upstate house, it's like when we rewatched that episode, Carrie's like flipping out being like, this place is a dump. And I'm like, come on. It's like a guy's remodeling a house. But, um, but yeah, how many but, second homes do you have? I know. Huh? I Why know don't you, exactly. you, you realize all these shoes depreciate in value. I know okay. for sure. But, uh, but I think, that being said, I, I just think there's the classicness of like big is a big is a jerk, but I just like him more, you know, and I think he sort of fits with um, this is this is a terrible comparison, but I'll just say it like, you know how people always you know, how people say like Donald Trump in so many debates was such a jerk and so destructive but hands down because he didn't care. He'd just say callous things that people were like, damn, he just roasted that other person. (laughs) It's like Mr. Big is kind of that. It's like Aiden, Aiden is cares too much and is a better guy. And it's like Mr. Big is just kind of going through life, roasting people. And for some reason, I think he works better with Carrie. That's my long winded explanation. It's like an old yeah, he he is like an old archetype. We we actually notice yeah. with our listeners, the older uh, older women that like write in, they if we ever like roast big too hard and make fun of them and stuff, uh, like the elevator scene where uh, Jeez. we we like went really hard and we're like, dude, this is like kind of messed up. It definitely wouldn't be written that way now. We got a few like refer uh, like older women, probably fifties, maybe probably fifties, and they were like. 90s big is sexy he knows what he wants he's sexy when men do that it's sex- and they were just like very much like yeah. and i was like wow that just like the scotch and a cigar yeah i have a driver like i take what i want like is there's just like that generation part of it that i was like all right like 
this is I don't get it, but yeah. there's a bunch of women that find that sexy that are, you know, of a of a different generation. I would say for Carrie and Big or Big and Aiden, I think I'd rather be friends with Aiden, but I do feel bad. I feel like the nightmare relationship that that I see for other people and that I don't want to be in is like when you like the person and they when you love the person desperately and they they really like you. He's mm. great and like it always just like even his enthusiasm, we make fun of it all the time, but when he like comes, he's like, hey, Pop-Tart, what you doing? How you doing? It's like, even that, it's like, dude, like, just <laughs> chill. You're Whoa. showing all your cards. Yeah. And I think that he, if he was my friend, I would be like, dude, she's not the one. You're going to meet someone who, like, loves <laughs> you so much more than, like, this person does. I get you had a great yeah. few years. um, And so, and for that reason... I am a fan of Aiden, but not for Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> <laughs> Can I show you guys something? Because this is why yeah. I can't get into Big. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Other than like his personality, I just don't like it. He looks exactly like this Muppet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he looks like Sam the Eagle. Yes. That's, you were so yo. right. It's That's... all I can think of whenever he's on my screen. Oh that is my gosh. I'm also dying that you brought up Aiden say, I'm not joking, through like in high school, for several years, when my mom or I would enter our home, it was mm-hmm. what's new, Buttercup? Who'd you see? What'd you do? And who'd you talk to? What interesting oh. happened? Like every <laughs> single because I was just like, he's so the thing about Aiden is like, if let's say Carrie wasn't like the anti-hero, right? Like let's say mm-hmm. she had all her shit together and she was the kind of girl that could appreciate a guy like Aiden that's gonna ask her what she did that night or whatever. Like that would be one thing, but she is meant to be with someone like big because he's mm-hmm. fucked up and she's fucked up. And mm. I feel like her, it's almost like her, when she's dating Aiden, she's pretending to be another kind of girl and it's yeah. not who she is. And like, as much as she wants to fight it, she is the girl that she is with big. That's who mm-hmm. Carrie really is. You know what I mean? She's the girl that chain smokes in bed after sex. Like, yeah, that's really Carrie. It's she's not she's not the girl that goes to your woodworking shop and hangs out while you sell tables. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, that's I very think true. Aiden Aiden needs a lot of attention. And I think he needs he needs a girl that is like just obsessed with him and is just like he needs a Charlotte. Yeah. 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 And someone that's just like, oh my gosh, how'd you even make that table? And he's like, well, let, let me show you. Oh, yeah. You can't, you know? And she's like, oh my gosh. She's like, look at him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the really, idea of him is really sexy. And like, it's really, yeah. you could fantasize about that life, you know? But even still, it's like she, I think she's always known that it wasn't meant for her. Yeah. I, I think our favorite, one of our favorite things is like, uh, when we started the show, we just didn't realize how many, just how many great male characters there are. Cause mm-hmm. we know about like the, the big four. And, and so, um, I, I think it's been, we just love ragging on all of the guys on the show for all the various reasons. So, and one of our favorite guys to rag on, who is probably my favorite guy in the show. Cause he's my, one of my favorite actors would be, uh, Kyle McLaughlin and Trey McDougal. And 
It's just like he's probably my favorite guy on the entire show. And it's just because he's like such a way out there archetypal fucked up mess. Like (laughs) the bunny stuff and him just in the room jerking off the porn and like being like desperately in love, being like, I love you, sweetheart. But not just like he's a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And just like with a hairline that the greatest hairline in in Hollywood. Oh, oh, are there any blind items about Kyle MacLachlan? I mean, if I kind of don't want to know, but I'm sure if there, I'm sure if there are, they are like probably not damaging, but like weird, you know, in a way, like yes, may, maybe, maybe weird relationship stuff, but like not not damaging. Just like yeah, yeah, he did a weird thing where he made his wife go to some restaurant uh, 75 miles away, and then he showed up in <laughs> costume and ordered like one dessert and then left, like yeah, some strange thing like that. <laughs> Totally. He's his TikTok is so fun to follow. He puts up yeah. the he's he's he seems like the the best normal version of Trey in real life. I yeah, I will say that that's one thing, Kelly, that I think if I think if we were going to come clean with our own blind items, that we're big old Trey heads. We love Trey. <laughs> we're uh, <laughs> it's maybe where yeah. we disagree. It's still a safe space, still a safe space. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> I, lo- I love Trey, too. And I honestly love me some Bunny McDougal. I won't even lie Dude. about it. Up in Adam George McFadden, I'm all about <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love yeah, it. When, got- when Bunny is rubbing on rubbing Vic's vapor rub on Trey's chest, it's the, <laughs> it's the most messed up thing ever. But it's so good. He represents, he just represents, like, the, 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 the life that if you don't if you don't make a better life for yourself if you don't like separate then you could find yourself just he he's living like the worst male life you could which is like in love with his mother like hiding hiding from his beautiful wife while he jerks off to like to like giant niche porn giant niche yeah. jug porn yeah like just doing whatever this like totally letting women down at every sense of like, but I like to imagine that Trey McDougal had like a wake up call. Cause one of the coolest writing things I think they did is like redeem him with that photo shoot for a good housekeeping because it's like that dude is like, she's just going to be like, I was married to, to her kids. Like I was married to this one guy, boy, it was a train wreck, but like, He's got a good heart. And I think that was a clever writing thing that it's like that dude cannot get it together. And there are other people that are just horrible, like people. Mm -hmm. Um, But deep down, there's something about him that it's just like, I hope the show's over. I don't think he'll show up in it just like that. But I hope if he does, he like finally worked out his shit and uh, and got over when Bunny died. Because, you know, (laughs) at some point he's going to have to deal with that. Yeah, (laughs) the life of an adult mother's boy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, totally. Well, um, are there, I, I guess I'll ask, are there, is there any, a final blind item that anything that we didn't get to that we could, that we could end on? I know that we said I, a lot of them were about kind of the, you know, the same subject of, of the, the, the Kim SJP feud and sex and city three and stuff. Is there anything interesting or anything like that? That's honestly all I could find. Yeah. It was all just about that. The other one I found, um, 
is that I believe Cynthia Nixon won Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series for playing Miranda in 1998. Mm -hmm. And apparently like Sarah Jessica Parker allegedly just didn't want Kim to win. Hmm. So she was like anyone but Kim. And that's a blind from 1999. Wow. Um, Just to like sum that up. So but other than that, it's honestly just (laughs) the feud. And it sucks that that has kind of like almost taken over the legacy. And unfortunately, I'm sure Ryan Murphy will make a series about it eventually. Totally. (laughs) Oh, my God. Evan Evan, uh, Peters will play Sarah Jessica Parker. (laughs) And Sarah Paulson will play. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, can I ask you guys a question really quick since Troy yeah, did? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I'm looking at like three guys, do you relate to any of like the female lead characters? Do you see yourself in them? Is that why you kind of enjoy watching it too, maybe? Oh, yeah, like are, like like which are you saying like which woman are we if we're like which like or, or do we relate yeah. to them as the yeah, sure. Um Yeah, I know I I definitely like I've talked a bunch about it, but like Charlotte, I was in, I was engaged to a girl uh, and then we called off the wedding. And so a lot of, um, a lot of like Charlotte's storyline, like kind of forcing something and, and thinking your life will go one way. um, I connected to that like way more than I, I thought I would, Um, especially when the show started. She's just like, I'm Charlotte. Like I'm the nice one. And I wasn't like, I'm totally a Charlotte. And then when she went through that, just watching someone not being in tune with what, like why they're looking for what they're looking for and forcing things like that stuff resonated with me. And I guess it'd just be something I wouldn't have seen on the normal shows that I watch. You know, I watch like Mm -hmm. I love Curb and I love uh, The Sopranos and I love Mad Men. And um, and so I think. Uh, and, and I don't, so I experienced a lot of connection with her journey and I don't think I would have seen that on any other TV shows, uh, that I watched. And I was like, uh, and that was just very interesting. And also there's like many a time that Corey and I would finish recording, uh, the first time we were going through it, like I can log different relationships I've, as I've, that I've had through watching the show and then Corey and I would finish recording and like be walking to the train or to the bus together. And then we're immediately not even doing it on purpose, just talking about our actual relationships and actual lives. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, that is, that is, it gave us a language to, and stories to kind of, uh, bring up our own, our own stuff. And mm-hmm. that was way cooler than I ever would have anticipated. Like, I love that. um, it was yeah. really cool. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think that it it was a portal into us being able to like share about that stuff. I mean, I, I think that I'm probably related more with Carrie because I'm a terrible friend and a terrible employee. Um, I can tell. Um, yeah, Harry thank you. It. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I do kind of I do feel like in a, in a weird way. Um, I mean, it is weird for a, a, a guy to say like, well, I'm this woman, but I, when we had talked about the ones that we were, I do, I mean, I work in media for my jobs. And so I do feel like I've ended up at like parties and stuff like Carrie has. Like, I think there's been 
a little bit of having that life. Now at those parties, I'm not like, and then I met Jonathan, <laughs> like, you know, like I'm not, meeting, you know, some person that I'm like taking home, but, but I do feel like I have related a little bit to the, the, the search that Carrie has and that like, I came here to work in this thing and, and then having these questions of like, you know, trying to figure out like what your life is all about by being in this city. And, and we've actually talked about like John and I, uh, the other, the other, uh, guy on the podcast, like I, there were times when I was like, you know, going through whatever, like job or relationship stuff where I would tell John, I was like, I'm super in my head and need to talk about this. And I need you to be my Miranda right now. And like set me straight the same way Miranda and Carrie talk. So like, I feel like I've definitely related to that in that way of, of, cause I think Miranda, I mean, not Miranda, I think Carrie, I think sometimes her brain kind of is like a giant plate of spaghetti where everything just sort of runs together and she needs someone to yeah. talk it out with. And I, I absolutely relate with that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's given us language to talk about this thing. Well, speaking of, uh, speaking of another sort of blind item, can you, can you tease out what your next episode of your podcast is about? Oh, we you, just do you do that it. ahead of time? Yeah. Tomorrow we are releasing a Charlie Sheen episode. Whoa. Oh, so good. And, wow. And then our, our, our Patreon episode is going to be about this permanent A plus list singer who recently, released an album oh wow oh, wow man huh. i couldn't that, help but wonder are there some good is. ones for that yeah there's some so good ones for that one we've do, already done two episodes on her relationships so okay. now it's just going to be about her okay interesting um, so do you uh do you keep the juicier stuff on patreon or do you not think about it? Are you ever just like, I got to throw this one behind a page? Like we. Yeah, definitely like fandom wise. Yeah. Like yeah, we're yeah. not going to release the Nicki Minaj episode to the barbs. They got to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. my gosh. Nice. That is hilarious. Oh, my gosh. I bet that would be a very fascinating episode. The Nicki Minaj one. Wow. Well, honestly, thank you so much. It's actually um, you. You you were both so lovely and it's it sounds like a really kind of fun, but also like kind of necessary podcast too. It kind of keeps people in check, no matter how, uh, no matter how big you are. Uh, kind of seems like this, this sort of stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful for blind items now that, uh, yeah. now that I know what they are. Yeah. Yeah. They're totally. a lot of fun. We have a lot yeah. of fun with it. Um, so yeah, if you, if you want to listen to some dark celebrity gossip, Beyond the Blinds is where it's at. <laughs> yeah. Well, well Beyond uh, the Blinds with Troy and Kelly, go listen to it. They got, join the Patreon if you want to hear the real juice on, uh, on uh, the, the person that just released the highest streamed album in history. Yeah. Um, if you Absolutely. can figure her name out. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, y'all. we're going to have to figure out where Troy is. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, Troy, uh, Troy dropped out for a second. I think he's, uh, I think he's gossip hunting right now, uh, doing some <laughs> hardcore blinds, but, uh, yeah, go check out beyond the blinds and thank y'all so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, we'll, uh, talk to you soon. Later taters. The
Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cabin, Kevin James Doyle, and John Sieber. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and narrated by Katie Sieber. This podcast is part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Check out all their great podcasts at seltzerkings.com. You can find the boys on their socials at The Bradshaw Boys or on their website at bradshawboys.com. And as always, if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening.